this reality with Bravo. This is the last episode of the week. Summer House so far is going really strong. The cast is stacked. The new boys are handsome. They have great personality and interesting background. We're finally seeing the the deterioration of Carl and Lindsay's engagement. It's already beginning to fall apart from the beginning of the season, which I thought wasn't going to start happening until the end. I really thought we weren't going to even see any cracks until maybe midway through, not from the beginning. And for Lindsay to insinuate Carl, a sober man who's been really working on his journey, is on drugs? Why would you say that on camera knowing this is going to be aired to someone you're about to get married to in two months? I really thought we were going to watch this season of Summer House and side with Lindsay. And I'm starting to think we're all going to be on Carl's side. And you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. Carl is really changing and I feel his confidence through the screen this year. He has a voice. He's not being a people pleaser. He's saying what comes to mind. And I really hope we see a lot more of that. And also, he seems a lot more comfortable being around alcohol and being able to party and have fun without even being really tempted with anything else. I'm enjoying this. And I think that the part I love about breakups in these types of shows is the cast's contracts are all going to be most probably renewed. And I love to see ex-couples be forced to be in a house together and see how they're going to be. I mean, with VPR granted... The way Ariana is being away, you know, refusing to film with Tom is making it very boring a bit. But I hope in Summer House they don't do that. I really hope Carl and Lindsay know what's good for TV. And we see a lot more of it. But let's get into it. Summer House Season 8, Episode 2, House of Cards. And we did leave off on the 4th of July party. So Paige had let Amanda know that Kyle was terrified of the thought of having children and buying a home. But, you know, it was a lot clearer this episode. I was really starting to side with Kyle yesterday. But once Amanda explained their dynamic and why she feels and treats Kyle the way that she does, it all made sense. The only thing, we'll get into the other part of I understand why Amanda treats him that way. But also Amanda's going about it wrong. So I'm on two ends of it. But definitely realized Amanda's in the right here. She's just her execution is making her lose this battle and it's making it seem like she's the one who's actually not you know trying to work on the marriage but Amanda's been wanting to be a mother and she even says herself that she was made to care for kids and have a family yet she needs Kyle to take a step back from work and find a balance between work and life and to actually spend time with Amanda without it being a co-worker relationship or working type of relationship all the time where he keeps asking her did you get this done for lover boy did we do this hey what about this for lover boy you know i feel like half of their conversations is him maybe giving her some creative ideas for lover boy telling her what she needs to get done complaining about coworkers, employees all of that stuff and i think it gets annoying at some point amanda just she doesn't want clocked in kyle ready to give her orders for what he needs from lover boy and The problem is when she isn't up to par with what he expects her to be, which is, I mean, he's a workaholic. So anything he expects from her is going to be the standards of a workaholic, of an overachiever. And I'm not saying Amanda's not an overachiever, but maybe working these jobs is not her thing. You know, Amanda doesn't have that in her. She wants to be a mom. So he's projecting how she maybe slacks off at work for Loverboy onto thinking she's going to slack off with the kids. So he makes excuses that she isn't ready, but he isn't the one who's actually ready. He's not. 
he, I mean, he's trying to make sure his company stays afloat, but I thought it's been doing pretty fine. You can still have a family and work on your business, man. You don't have to put your whole life on hold until your business becomes a trillion dollar company. That's You're supposed to grow in life. So it's going to take baby steps. And I always believe every time you have a kid, you know, God grants you a gift. You either are gifted with a promotion, a new home, uh, a new person joining your family, gifts, anything. Honestly, it, I can't even like so many miracles could happen just from having children. So I feel like you should look at it in that light. But we do see West's friends. They come to party and they're all black men. And this makes a lot of sense for Sierra, apparently. She says that she saw this coming and I love this for her. I feel like that means he would actually get on with her more and he'd be more in tuned, educated on just things that a white boy wouldn't be able to understand who constantly hangs around other white boys. This guy hangs around people of color. And you know what that means? He may be gets some of their quirks, understands their inside jokes, is more, you know, just diversified in things. I think this is great. This is perfect for her. So we see this Sierra gets on the mechanical shark. I really thought the shark was going to be in the water. Why did, why did I think last episode it was going to be a mechanical shark floating in the water? But she actually lasted 22 seconds. While West, who is a country boy background, his dad's a cattle ranch man, and he could only last five seconds. He did not make the best first impression, but you know, there's more to come. Not going to lie though, this party actually seems really live compared to last season and the season before his party. They seem like they're having a great time. It's packed. And then we see Danielle actually getting along with one of West's friends and they look really cute together. They're vibing and Danielle is actually not being really cringe at this point. Her game with the guy is going well so far and I'm seeing improvements and I really hope I hope that Danielle has taken a step back and realized, okay, I need to chill out. I need to not be this crazy girl and maybe shift things around. But we get Jesse Solomon trying to, I guess, hit on Paige. It wasn't a good one in my opinion. He tried. And then Paige and Sierra kind of walk off. But Paige was very caught off guard by it. Did not see that coming. I felt she was kind of flattered by it. And maybe she did like it because he is an attractive man. But then he goes back and follows them again and hangs out with them again. He is so into her. So into her. But it then goes in and pans to Kyle and Jesse Solomon. They're peeing in the bushes. And it just kind of looks like he did his initiation of doing it with Kyle. I mean, I swear, Kyle adds a new guy into the mix every time he goes to pee at a party drunk or out in public. It's become a ritual for him at this point, whether it's on Summer House, Winter House. I feel like you can't be a guy who comes on these shows without peeing with Kyle during a drunken moment. But this leads to Kyle and Jesse sitting down having a chat. And Kyle, you know, just needs to get the info now on who Jesse's feeling you know, he thinks he wants to see how he's going to be moving forward in the house. And, you know, Kyle has his producer hat on, except he he should have had this conversation with Jesse, in my opinion, before he got too belligerent drunk. Kyle was just way too sloppy and kind of slurring his words. But Jesse says that he knows he's great and he hopes everyone in the house sees that too. And then we actually find out that he's into page of all the girls in the house, which we already we assumed and we saw in the preview, but he calls himself a killer. He, okay, Jesse clearly loves a challenge, but it seems that he's the type that likes girls with boyfriends until they decide to leave their boyfriend for him and then he stops being interested. Do you guys get that vibe from him too? He only likes the chase. Once he catches them, he doesn't seem interested anymore. But Kyle's walking around the parties looking for his wife. Come to find out Amanda's in the bathroom, not partying. She's crying over Kyle. 
you know, the conversation he had with Paige. And I don't know if he was talking, she was talking to Sierra or some, I feel like it was Sierra she was in the bathroom with. But we see Paige explaining this for us since, you know, Amanda isn't really able to clear it up as much. Actually, I think it was Paige in the bathroom with her. But basically, Amanda is ready to have kids. Kyle makes it seem like Amanda isn't capable of that. He downplays how much she does or what she does for him. He kind of keeps acting like she hasn't grown. And it feels like he's manipulating Amanda into thinking she isn't ready when, you know, they both have different expectations of what it means to be ready to have a child. So Paige explains that we're already raising the men we're with. We are more than ready to raise a baby when we say we are, not when a man thinks he is, okay? So if a man ever comes to me and tells me he's not ready to have a kid when I'm ready, goodbye, goodbye. That's all you can say. But, you know, the party's over. They change. They get into comfy clothes. They make some quesadillas. And Sierra thinks the oven is a microwave. But it kind of looks like it, so I really don't blame her here. We see West and Sierra. They're really getting along. And... I thought they might have dated after this season, but I don't know. West is coming on a little too strong on Sierra. I mean, not really coming on too strong, but he's making it too obvious that he's into her very much way too soon and off the bat before she can even give him a clear signal as to whether she's into him back. I think he needs to reel it back in just a tad bit until he sees how she responds without him maybe always putting his his foot forward. Is that how you say it? But it's, you know, it's the next day and they pack up to get ready to go back to the city. And Wes seems to always be the first one up. He grabs a already almost finished drink juice, lays outside. And Amanda seems like she woke up on the wrong side of the bed. She's ready to go home. And here's my thing. Amanda's valid in every reason that she has to be mad at Kyle and to stand her ground on this. But what never leads to a solution is her constant negative attitude. I mean, there's no push to figure something out. Instead, she would rather soak in her misery rather than try to get herself feeling better by doing anything or finding some solution. I mean, it's like she complains or something, but she waits for Kyle to find the solution instead of her figuring out how to fix it. Maybe that's what she needs to try doing. Maybe she needs to fix it and see how Kyle reacts to it. But Jesse Solomon... I can't even stop saying his full name because the girls do. And I love his name put together. He's making breakfast for everyone. They have a pretty good time other than Amanda, really. And I mean, Sierra, 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 what am I saying? Seems to be flowing. I mean, flowing. She is glowing this season. And I love seeing West fawn all over her. Because for once, I just want her to be the one that's chased. She deserves this energy. It's giving main character vibes. And I'm really glad Sierra's become a part really become a part of the show and made her mark so we see Paige going to check in on Amanda while everyone's having breakfast after Kyle had come down and basically insinuated to Paige that uh it's not looking good since you had that convo with her of what I told you so when Paige goes to talk to Amanda Amanda feels she feels all Kyle does is complain about Amanda to others and talk behind her back and trying to make her look bad or look like someone she isn't So she feels constantly, she feels like he's constantly just complaining about her, not doing enough. And he's not, he won't stop reminding her in a sense. And so it's, it's really getting to her. It's hurting her. And personally, I mean, I'm the type of person who gets their feelings hurt. If I just find out somebody I know is talking behind my back, let alone someone you are married to, that is such a feeling of betrayal. I see, I'm telling you, it makes so much sense why Amanda's behaving this way. But what's making her lose is her constant pessimistic attitude, 
not trying to find a way to fix it, just being a Debbie Downer until Kyle finds a resolution. But, you know, they all propose a toast. They all agree that this has been a great weekend. And Kyle confirms to everyone that Carl and Lindsay will be coming next week. So let's see how the whole house vibes with them. But, you know, they clean up the house. They're all back to the city. And Kyle asks Wes as they're leaving, you know, if there have been any physical advancements with Sierra. And he says no, but he likes it that way because he wants to plant the seed in her head first, try to cultivate a relationship with her. And I really hope it ends up working out for both of them. But, you know, something's telling me it's going to end up being one of two scenarios. One, Sierra rejects him by the end of the season and, you know, before they even date or put a label. Two, they end up dating and she breaks up with him after filming raps or before the reunion sometime. After, obviously, they've explored one another. But at the end, I feel it's clearly Sierra who's going to end up leaving him or rejecting him or ghosting him or what have you. So we get back into the city. We see little glimpses of what everyone's doing. Carl is playing basketball on the court. So Lindsay comes by to, you know, have some playful small talk, which you think it'd start good, but it's already kind of starting on a downhill slope because Carl goes, I'm not going to be saying babe this summer. I'm just going to call you dude. And that already puts a sour taste in Lindsay's mouth. It seems like she's heard this a couple times or he said some things that made her feel a little insecure. I mean, it was clearly a joke considering how many people made fun of them for it last year, though. So, I mean, lighten up, Lindsay. But I feel Lindsay is taking everything Carl does way too personally, unless this is her just realizing his demeanor might have changed at some point. And so it's making her push and push more or being more clingy. But they do get into discussing how their first weekend back into the Hamptons is going. And it seems like they want to really enjoy themselves this time, considering Lindsay seems ready to be trying to have a baby this time next year and trying to tie the knot. But Carl seems a lot more comfortable in his skin this season. Like I said in the beginning, I can see the confidence radiate from the TV screen. Even the way he argues with Lindsay at the end, he stands his ground for once and he just doesn't back down from this fight with her. At this point, we still don't know if Danielle was going to attend the wedding because she hasn't agreed to attend yet, but she and Lindsay have set boundaries and are working on a new friendship with one another, so we love we love to see it. I mean, we do know now that they're on really great terms, and since the breakup, it seems like Danielle is definitely team Lindsay, to which Luke is team Carl, but I mean, understand, understandably so. We get to Sierra. She's doing a photo shoot and she's exploring all avenues and modeling is a great one for her. She has the body for it, the face. What more could you ask for? I think this is amazing for Sierra to take up this opportunity, especially while she's living in New York. That's what it's made for. But Kyle and Amanda go on a date for lunch and I was glad that they were actually able to discuss the issue they're dealing with in their marriage and sober too, might I add. So Kyle apologizes to Amanda And she tells him it's everything or nothing for him. And his constant list of things about Amanda that bother him makes her very sad. So he explains to her that most of his frustrations stems from being overwhelmed. And it's mostly financially financial stuff because it all falls on him at the end of the day. And he feels that she procrastinates a lot. But Kyle financial, but file Kyle, excuse me. Procrastinating with work is not the same. I bet children would keep Amanda busy 24-7 and her attention would be too preoccupied with the whole, a whole other human being. You can't compare caring for a business and a baby. You can be a, hor- a horrible corporate employee, but be a very successful and great mother. So sorry, Kyle, this excuse of yours is not going to cut it. I mean, he again acts like everything falls on him and he's the one who has to hear it or bear it. But I mean, so now I understand Kyle wants Amanda to work more. I mean, that's not going to work, man. She wants to have a family. 
He wants her to take on more, more of a workload to ease off on him. And I get that, okay? But why does it have to be your wife who does it? Hire someone else to do it for you or someone who already works in the company with you to do the other tedious work that you so desperately want Amanda, Amanda to, to work on. I mean, figure it out. So, I mean, they do come to a conclusion that they both need to figure out how to communicate. I mean, okay, haven't they been saying this every season? We need to work on our communication skills. And I feel like they still haven't. They need to go to couples therapy. That's what I got from it. But everyone's going back to the Hamptons. And we see Amanda, Danielle, and Kyle. They're the first to arrive. Paige and Sierra are next. And we pan to the new two boys. They're actually riding to the Hamptons together. And we find out that they... You know, they actually start. They went out together recently in the weekend off camera. They went to a game, and a basketball game, I, I suppose. And I could definitely see them lasting on Bravo if they stick together and, you know, maybe build a brand together. I know that sounds really weird to say, but, I mean, I feel like friendship duos work best, especially when you're a new cast member and you come in new with someone else. I feel like that's how you could solidify yourself back on a network and maybe get more seasons. But, you know, we have the famous Carl and Lindsay plus Gabby. They're here. And they talk about their first weekend, you know, and West ask, asks Jess, you know, we're back, sorry, we're back to panning to the guys. He asks him if anyone stuck out to him and he just lets him know that Paige is the cute one, but he wants to be friends with everyone first and foremost. So good call on him for that. Because I feel like if you come into a house with all these new people and you set yourself up with someone and just cling on to them and isolate yourself, it's going to make it really hard to build relationships and to come back and maybe have another season. So... Smart, smart for him. But we see that Wes talks about how he's vibing with Sierra. He isn't sure yet if she feels it too, but he thought that he already hit it off with Sierra. So now it kind of feels like Jesse's comment made him feel that he needs to try harder, which I feel like he shouldn't be doing that. But he ends up doing it when he arrives at the house, which we see because he grabs Sierra, carries her and hugs her. And I just think it's funny because Paige asks Kyle if Amanda grabs his mullet when they're in bed together. I've never thought about that before. I didn't even think. And now that is something I think about. But I don't see Amanda doing it unless it's for a joke. But this, this did make me realize Paige does have a keen eye. Which leads to her asking interesting questions. I mean, look, out-of-pocket questions that you would have never thought. So, you know, Carl and Lindsay, are, they're here. It's pretty cool. I mean, everyone's pretty open with Carl, I feel. It's not awkward at all. And Lindsay comes and says hi to everyone, kind of, mostly to Danielle. I mean, they seem fine in the beginning. And then Lindsay just kind of, I mean, I don't know. They don't know how to act around one another. And Lindsay starts drinking rosé, which I was kind of surprised of. She started right away. But she kind of goes to the side. I mean, she seems out of place. It's, it's kind of a surprising sight to see. But, I mean, the last reunion was rough for her and everyone was going against her. So I could see how she feels out of place. I mean, the boys show up and Carl and Jesse they already have their height off. They seem to be the same height, but I think Carl is the taller one just by a smidge because his hair is thicker. So it makes him seem that way. But West actually, oh, I already said that, you know, he carries Sierra, but I feel like he played, he tried to play it off because he realized he overdid it by then running and jumping on Carl to hug him, to be like, Hey, I do this with everyone. And so Wes talks to Lindsay about locking a room down and he's being kind of weird and just requesting a lot. He's uneasy. He doesn't know what to say or do. And I feel he doesn't know how to act right now around Lindsay and Carl. He just kind of treats Lindsay like she's the new one in the house when she's the one who's one of the only OGs left standing. She gets kind of irritated by him, but I don't think it's him. 
She's just irritated and uncomfortable because she feels out of place and worried, I guess. I mean, I bet Lindsay's worried that she's going to be ganged up on all season. She still wasn't in the best place with Danielle, so maybe she thinks it's about to be only her this summer against the rest, or also considering that she missed the first weekend in the Hamptons. She feels behind, maybe some FOMO. She might be worried that they might have planted some seeds in Gabby's head about turning on her or what have you, you know, anything that would have led Lindsay to believe that she's going to be iced out or something. And I feel like this makes Lindsay spiral and then take it out on Carl, saying things that she might not even mean if she was sober. But while Lindsay and Carl are unpacking, she's already kind of unraveling on Carl from now because she feels uneasy and out of place. And I mean, she shouldn't really be expecting it, expecting Carl to do anything. And I don't want her to ruin his time here. He's He doesn't have a problem with anyone. Don't put it on him. You go and you fix your relationships. But we see everyone. They go and they sit down for lunch. It seems like Carl cooked for everyone and the food looked amazing. I hope they eat it this time because I remember when Robert cooked last season and he was a freaking chef. Seemed like people didn't really touch the food that much. I don't know. But you know. Oh, but before they actually eat, we have the beautiful Jesse Solomon practicing, singing, operaing. I don't know how to say it. Not sure what to call it, but he's doing some vocal jazz singing and it's so beautiful. But you know, they go out, they eat, and Paige asks them to say something that nobody here would know about them. But then, you know, it seems like the entire cast knows everything about each other. So she just focuses on West and Jesse. So Wes goes first and, you know, he's been to all 50 states. It's pretty, It's actually pretty cool. It's not that easy to do that. And then we get Jesse and he is a two-time cancer survivor. Testicular cancer, cancer actually. And it ended up spreading to his stomach the second time. So he did need chemo and he chopped off one of his balls. He's hoping to be five years cancer-free in August. And wow, he calls himself a nut warrior. If I, I thought we already knew a lot about Jesse or we're already getting little interesting tidbits about him, this man gets more interesting. He's Jewish. He comes from a well-rounded family. He can sing very beautifully. He's in finance. He's tall. He had cancer and he beat it twice. I mean, I mean, obviously the attributes, him being tall, being attractive, stuff has nothing to do with it. But he is very attractive and I see why he calls himself the killer. He, get, he gets what he wants. I hope it works out. But we actually get the understanding that this wasn't an intentional thing. He just went to go get an STD test. And it turned out that's how he, he ended up finding out, you know. But it was hilarious at the end because Wes ends up saying, imagine if he went first and then I went and talked about how I just went to 50 states. I mean, I think we were all thinking that, honestly. But we do get to the night out and they all go out. It seems fine. They're going to the club. And then we see one hour later, only actually, it's like only one hour They had barely arrived to wherever it is they had gone. And Lindsay and Gabby are already back at the house with Lindsay saying, I don't even want to be by him. Sorry, I was going to say, I don't want to be with him. But Lindsay says her side while Carl describes his. So she says, we went in the car with the boys and not the girls. Or she decided to go ride on their way to the club with the boys instead of the girls. So she started to worry, get anxious over the fact that she thinks the girls were going to spin it in a way and use it against her. So she was confiding Carl while they were she was confiding in Carl while they were driving there but maybe to her it was in a calming manner Carl describes it as he was calm and he tells Lindsay when she explained it to him he told her it's fine don't worry about it which I mean 
this is where he kind of messed up. I mean, he shouldn't have, he should have been her confidant in that moment and just let her vent and gave some sound advice, just even if it was a sentence. He should know Lindsay by now to not just dismiss her feelings, even if it might be stupid to him, you know? But that's all he did. He didn't even attack her, nothing. But then he says that she looked him in his eyes and said, what are you on? And then, you know, Kyle and Jesse, they even admit that Lindsay just flipped a switch in the car and she freaked out out of nowhere. And right as they get to the bar, Lindsay told Gabby, I want to leave. We're getting out of here. And freaking Amanda, when they ask Amanda about it, she had taken notes on her phone while she was drunk at the club after seeing Lindsay visibly upset to write everything down that she saw and heard before she forgot what she wrote. And this is what she wrote down. Lindsay said, he's on something. He's so mean to me. I can't do this. He's on something. Lindsay, you lost this fight. The second you accused your sober fiance of being on drugs, when he's very much not, and everyone else can attest to this, no more, you can't fight this anymore. I don't even think waving a white flag would do anything. I feel like if I was Carl, this would have been the moment that would have cemented to me. I don't want to marry her. And I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't. He just kept trying to ignore that thought in his mind, you know, and let me see where I'm. Yeah. So Lindsay goes to tell Gabby while they're in, cause they're back in the house while everyone's partying that the way Carl spoke to her was very reminiscent of Carl when he was on cocaine. Girl, you are overthinking this. You're drunk. And this is exactly why you and Carl were getting along in the beginning because you were not getting this belligerent. So, you know, she's in bed. I feel like she's, she might be spamming Carl's phone with texts, but she keeps repeating that he's on cocaine and just sobbing. And Gabby calls Carl. Turns out he's on his way. And it seems like after he has that call with Gabby, he, he sends Lindsay a pretty sweet text, pretty mature sweet text that they'll handle it once they're sober. And he understands if he might have not uh, responded to her in the way that she wanted, but they'll, they'll fix the issue when he's back. Not her saying, okay, babe, you know what? I'll wait it out or just ignoring it. She had to make it worse by saying, let me know when you're sober. To which he goes, I'm sober right now. Lindsay, you're not, period. And I'm really glad Carl was not fighting back in this. He was just speaking facts. But, you know, they all get home. Carl goes to bed. And then it's the next morning. Well, before that, we see, you know, Amanda and Kyle talk about the situation. And, I mean, they're, they feel really bad for Carl as well. I think everyone can attest to that. But... Lindsay tries to go into the room and she kind of just throws water at Carl telling him to drink it. He doesn't want it. She gets a little offended. She's already moody. They both are not tolerating each other at all. She tells him that he treated her like shit and he tries to apologize, but she, he, and he tells her something else was going on last night that wasn't about him. And he's correct. Lindsay was projecting her fear of the woman icing her out, making stories about her or whatever she may have thought and put it all out on Carl. So they start going back and forth. She refuses to admit her behavior had come, like how her behavior had come across to Carl. But she only wants him to see what he did to her, which was very minute compared to what she did to him. Okay. She really exasperated everything. And he just tells her that she's the one drinking and taking it out on him to which she goes, you're the one who's clearly doing other things. And so Lindsay goes, okay, why did you say I'm sober right now? Wow. Now she's being nitpicky over that one word. She's taking advantage of that. I, I hate it. I don't like it if people try to take advantage of people in their sobriety moments. Carl found his voice here and he goes, Lindsay, I'm a f- I am effing sober. In the moment, you were not. You drink all day long and are rude and aggressive to me. And when I'm trying to be supportive, 
you shut it down and tell me I'm fighting you. He walks away, goes for a jog, and it's a to be continued. What a beautiful episode. So happy with this. It's very entertaining. I hope you guys enjoyed it. The one thing I will say is that I did watch Watch What Happens Live and Danielle did speak more about Joe Bradley. Come to find out he was sleeping. He stayed at her place two days after he allegedly slept with Luann and he had his location on and she saw that he was there, but he told her he was with his boys or frat boys or what have you. I don't think frat boys. I don't think he went to college, but he was with his guy friends and he was love bombing Danielle, telling her he loves her and all this stuff. So did catch her by surprise. So he's a fraudster. He's a liar. He's a manipulator. What can you say? I mean, it's Joe Bradley, guys. You can't not really shock by it, you know? But yeah, that was Summer House this week. I'm so glad it's the end of the week. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I'm so excited for next week's episode. Don't forget to stay tuned for anything else. I might end up doing a bonus episode just tomorrow going over hot topics and just talking about Love is Blind real quick. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Instagram at Let's Face Reality with Bravo. Love you guys so much. And we are signing off.